0: Welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Podcast. We are a real community of people who are passionate about pursuing God and growing in our relationship with Him. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit northridge.org.au. Good morning. Good morning. I wonder what kind of morning you've had. Uh, We've had a few technical issues just before the service, um, which, uh, which always makes for an interesting time. But the Lord doesn't really care uh, to some extent. He's going to do whatever he does, no matter whether we're ready or whether we're feeling flustered or whatever. Uh, he's so faithful. And I just wanted to say, I, I can, it hasn't been good to see the Lord just moving amongst us already. Um, just so enjoyed that time of worship. And I, l- I love hearing from our life group leaders um, as, we just, as we kick off into the year. I'm just really excited. So um, yeah, just it is great. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the privilege of hearing some stories um, from, from folk within our community of, of just stepping out and of risking. And um, you know that's, that's something we've been actively trying to do is just share those stories of, of inviting people into Jesus in small or in perhaps big ways. Um, We've been praying, uh, well, I, let me say me, I've been praying specifically uh, recently personally that the Lord would bring more people into my life who don't know Jesus. Because that's a real, that's, that's a challenge for me. I don't, my list is not very long of people who don't know Jesus, who know me. Um, and he's been answering that prayer. I was at a birthday party a week ago, found myself talking to somebody who sends their kids to a Christian school but doesn't have a faith of any kind. Um, and, you know, I, it was a bit sort of, I just assumed, I just assumed this person knew all about Jesus and found out halfway through telling them all about my faith that they didn't really know about Jesus. And I just thought, wow, thank you, Lord. And uh, we'll continue to follow up with them and to get to know them as, as our kids get to know each other. Um, and I just, I guess I'm, I was just wanting to say thank you to the Lord for an answer to prayer. Um, He often answers prayer and then we don't realise it for a little while. We look back and we go, wow, God, you're so good. Um, And I wanted to give an opportunity for folk, for anyone to share a story. I know there were actually more people who wanted to share a couple of weeks ago, didn't get a chance to, so I'm full of hope that there will be folk who'd be keen to share maybe a story of where you have... um, Invited someone in some way to hear or to to, uh, come either to something to do with church or even just to share a bit of your faith with them or to pray with them. So um, I'd love to just do that now and take that opportunity to hear those stories. Who's going to go first? We're just going to wait a little bit. Wonderful. Thank you, Jenny. Come and probably turn this down a bit, Tim. Thank you. Would you stand up so people can see you talking? Is that all right?
1: No, it's not all right, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, when Rob said that, I think the first one that came to mind was this gorgeous mum that came to Storehouse who was a victim of domestic violence. Um, And um, Bonnie Bonnie was there with me as well. And um, we just, uh, we prayed with her. Um, She was very emotional. It was a very difficult um, time for her. She had a little tiny baby and uh, a little uh, two-year-old boy, uh, very fearful of her children um, being taken back overseas by her husband. Anyway, look, we prayed with her, we blessed her, we sent her off. And um, the next time we saw her, um, she was... Shining, she was glowing. Mm. and um, she said that that was the first time anybody had ever prayed with her, and um, she'd found the Lord, um, made a commitment to Jesus and is now going to a church that is supporting her and her children um, so well. So uh, yeah, that was kind of fun. Mm. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. Go for it, Jeff. Roving mic. Could you stand for us? Is that okay? I can. I can try to stand. Are you okay? Yeah, Unless we, it's uncomfortable. I might sit in okay. a minute.
2: But we've had... um, God's timing is weird because um, we've had a shocking week with, well, walking with the hunts. And then mm. yesterday afternoon, we had a friend coming over and um, she's been a friend of ours for about 15 years and we've prayed for her for years. And I didn't think... Yesterday was the right day for God to open an opportunity. I wasn't really ready for that. But um, she sat in our house yesterday and she's always kind of talked about how she feels like somehow the universe is always on me and Kurt's side. And she's always wondered about that. And we keep reminding her that the universe is Jesus. And um, yesterday she sat at my kitchen bench and she said to me, do you know what? I think somehow I've become a believer And I I asked her, and she's recently gone on a Camino trek, and um, she had some profound encounters. And she said to me, but I know that you call God by his name, but I don't feel like I'm worthy. And I don't think I ever, and I've always thought it was this kind of new agey version of the universe. But actually, in her heart, she felt like she couldn't draw near to a personal God. And she had heard our story of Emily and she'd wept with me about Emily. And Emily's story meant that I could testify to her about a God who was standing with us in the mess and in the brokenness and in the dirt. And as we wept together, she let me pray for her very inconveniently. but. Beautifully, she's called today to say she's so random. She's like, I think I'd like to paint your rendered wall in the backyard. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's not usually the response to Jesus people have, but um, but Kurt and I were really stumped. Literally, we got that call as we arrived at church, and we sat in the car just dumbfounded, going, How do we make room for her in this moment? and we just felt like I don't know what today means. Don't worry about that. But we just felt like she came home. She found home and she's so keen to be back at our kitchen bench. We're like, okay, Lord, in your strength. But I just thought, gosh, Lord. What a paradox. But yes and amen. (laughs) Jesus.
0: Thank you, Chil. Wonderful. Can we hear one more? One more story? (gasps) Ah. Fantastic. Thanks,
3: Jay. Hi. Um, we've been uh, friends with a family in Brisbane for two years now and um, we've been talking to them and they know we're Christians and we've been chatting with them and talking about God and sending emails and saying, bless you and God bless you and praying for you and just different things like that. Um, this, family's, uh, this family is a family of four autistic children um, so it's very stressful for the mother, particularly. So we're being praying for them a lot. Um, with the daughter, the eldest daughter, she had to have op- she had a large hole in her heart uh, discovered just before Christmas, and she had um, surgery on her the hole in the heart. Uh, Four weeks, end of January. End of January. So we just again said, look, we're just praying, praying for you on that. Um, for the last two weeks, we've had um, the mother. I've had the mother ringing me and saying, look, you know, she said she's very stressed, very overwhelmed because with four autistic children, one particularly who's very difficult, um, and um, we just keep saying, we're praying for you, we're praying for you, and um, they totally against God, they're very anti-God, the whole family, including her parents, and she rang me last week and she said, I'm just so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, and she said, I'm not religious, I don't know, I'm not into that stuff, but can you pray? So I went, great. So I actually contacted our prayer chain here, and I've given them information about the daughter who's also struggling terribly with her heart because it's obviously beating differently. So it's highly anxious, highly stressed. Um, And then the other day she rang me again and said, um, I hate to say this, but can you pray again? So it's really, you can just see God's working there in this whole family. Um, You know, we've still got this very anti-God but she actually said to me also, I actually hey, prayed the other day. And I think she was so overwhelmed. She's so stressed. Um, and this week, I spoke to her again yesterday, and she actually was in hospital this week with huge anxiety, as you can imagine, with a daughter who's just had heart surgery and three other children with... Well, there's four with autism... Oh, they're on the spectrum. So it's really great that God is starting to, we're working with this family and just constantly um, encouraging and um, she actually wants to fly me up there <laughs> to help her out. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. But basically just praying that this family will just uh, see God and I'm just encouraging them to sort of, you know, uh, go to church and just find somewhere. Um, but again, yeah, it's just great that, that she uh, has reached out.
0: Thank you, Jane. Fantastic. Thank you. Can we just pray for those stories and, 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 and any others? I know there are many others going on. Lord, we ask you would, um, you'd help us make room in our hearts, no matter what we're going through for the people that you're bringing into our lives. Lord, we thank you that there are so many who are reaching out for you, even if they don't know it. And we pray that we would be ready always with the answer, with the hope that we found in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, folks. For those of you who shared, I really appreciate that. um, It's a bit scary sometimes to stand up and talk about that journey. Um, But it's so good to be reminded that that is part of the adventure. That's the adventure that that God calls all of us to, is to step out with the love of God and to risk sharing it. And, uh, you know, I think for us, we feel like that is a real focus for us um, in this season, that all of us have more to step into in that and we, and we want to do that. Now, I'm going to briefly look at a, a passage of Scripture this morning where we see Jesus engaging with this world. So if I can encourage you to open up your Bibles to uh, John chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible with you, please feel free to come and grab one. There's, there's a bunch of Bibles under the cross there, and we might even have the words. Look at that behind me on the screen. So um, we're just going to read that. Look at that briefly, and then I'd love, love us to pray together. So we're going to read John, chapter eight. If I can find it, uh, we'll read verse one right through to eleven. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered round him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, "Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses in the law, Moses commanded us. To stone such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. I want us just to think about this passage briefly. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to skip through this fairly quickly. But one of the things that we see from the very beginning of this passage is that Jesus is there teaching in the temple courts, and the Pharisees are very upset with him. Now, the Pharisees are these these spiritual leaders, these Jewish leaders. They're the ones who the people look to to guide them in the Jewish faith at this time. And they're very upset with Jesus because he's been saying some pretty critical things about them, some really pretty heavy stuff, very publicly about what a a terrible job they're doing. And so they are um, looking for a way to discredit him in some way. And they bring... This woman out into the temple courts, so it's a meeting place, it's a fairly public place, and they bring this woman out because, according to the law, the law of Moses that was given to them, in, we can read it in Leviticus 20, it talks about how if somebody is caught in, a, in the act of adultery, both the man and the woman, they only seem to mention the woman in this case, both the man and the woman are, are meant to be killed. And so they bring her out, but they use her to try and trap Jesus. And they expect Jesus to defend her. They expect Jesus to defend her because of what Jesus has been doing. He's been making a name for himself as the friend of sinners. And, and that for them is just completely puzzling. He has this reputation of somebody who goes and spends his time with sinners. That's a term that we read in the Bible. It's not one that we really use today, but it's a term that talks about those people who seem to be far from God. They seem to be living their lives, whether it's the prostitutes or the tax collectors, the people that seem to have been uh, not interested in pleasing God in the way that they're living their lives. And Jesus seems to be favouring spending time with them. And so when they bring this woman out before Jesus, they expect him to defend her. And so they think, right, well, we, we can get him to break the law. And the reason they want him to break the law publicly is so they can say, aha, This man can't be from God. They're getting very upset about what he's doing. There's a lot of tension in the Gospels between Jesus and the Pharisees, and particularly John's Gospel. And so here's their opportunity, because they know that he's going to stand up for her some way. And then instead of Jesus playing their game, he shines a light on their hearts. We see Jesus come out with this very wise response. If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And what he's doing there is he knows that their hearts aren't right. They're not genuinely coming and saying, we want to, we want to figure out how to apply the law of God in a genuine, heartfelt sense. They're coming and saying, aha, here's a loophole, <laughs> here's a mandate in the law, and we can trap this guy because his love is going to cause, his, his, his strange, puzzling love for these sinners is going to cause him to break the law. We can get him. And so Jesus knows their hearts, and his response not only displays the evil in their hearts to the, to the people watching. But it actually shows them that's what's in your heart. I love this, I love this scene because often you know we read this passage, if you've read it before, and, it's a, and we focus in on the interaction between Jesus and the woman. But this interaction between Jesus and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees is just as important. We see this scene of the men standing there ready to stone this woman. And one by one, they drop the rocks onto the ground and walk away. And John, who's the author, the apostle John, he's the author of this. And when he writes this, he's an old man. John's gospel was written after all the other gospels. John sat down, he read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and he said, yep, that's what happened. Now let me write you what I think happened too. And so he's writing this as an old man and it's very interesting to me. He says, he notes it was the oldest men first who put the rocks down and walked away. And I think one of the things that we, we see and that John points out that these Pharisees were just getting was that we all need God. We all need God. They're, and it gives us hope for the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord, doesn't it? That they walk away. That they get, oh, we've, we've got this wrong. All of us have sin in our hearts. You know, I love, we were singing that song this morning, these dry bones. We're nothing without you, Lord. And I, you know, one of the things that we need to constantly come back to is that realisation that we need God because that's what makes the Lord pleased. That's what he's looking for, his hearts that say, we need God. Jesus doesn't judge the woman, and that transforms, that grace transforms life. You see, Jesus was the only one there who actually had the authority to apply the law. He was the only one there who had a pure heart. He was the only one there really who could have picked up that stone and you know it's such a fascinating interaction the way that Jesus writes on the ground you get this impression almost like he he distracts himself we don't know what he's writing I don't think it's that important what was written on the ground but it's almost like Jesus says okay I'll, I'll say this and then I'll turn my attention away and he looks up and he says, Where are they? As if he didn't know. You know? And he says to the, the woman, where are they gone? And he tells her, sorry, she tells him where they've gone. And there is a <clears throat> there is a sense in which Jesus separates himself a little bit from the scene just for a moment, to let it play out. Because he knows ultimately he's the one with that authority. And so when he steps back into that conversation with that woman, there's the critical moment. What is Jesus going to do? You see, he not only had the right intentions, this was God himself. And you know, Jesus' response is just remarkable. He says, well, neither then do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't even say, go and present a guilt offering. Go to the temple and sort your sin out. Go and pay for it in some way. I mean, that's just puzzling. They have a whole system in the Jewish faith at this time for how you deal with the sin, and she was meant to have been stoned. Jesus doesn't diminish it. He doesn't say, "Oh well, it, well let's just not say it was that bad. I mean, there was extenuating circumstances or, or something like that. He doesn't, he, he doesn't do that. He acknowledges that the sin is there, but he doesn't try and make it less than it is because he knew that the next time he was in Jerusalem, he would be going to that cross. He knew that that sin the judgment for that sin would be dealt with in his death. He knew that he could not condemn that woman because her sin was condemned in that cross. And that's the message of the gospel, guys. That's the wonderful news of hope that Jesus brings is that where death was deserved, where we deserve death, he, he says, no, I'll take that, and you can have hope. We don't really know if, if she put her faith in him, but she certainly rested in, you know, she certainly clung to him, didn't she? She didn't run away, which I think is interesting. Jesus is distracting the dirt. She could have got up and walked as those chased after those men who were about to, about to stone her, but she didn't. She stood there and, and said, well, kind of like, well, what will you do with me, Jesus? And so he, she puts herself in his hands and she receives life and grace. You know, there's this beautiful story in Les Miserables. Many of you have I've seen this movie or, 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 or musical uh, of the story of Jean Valjean, who is a man who is released from prison and he's, and he's hungry and he's poor and he's taken in by a bishop and he's given food and a bed for the night. <clears throat> and in the night, he steals s- some silver from the bishop's house and he runs only to be caught by the police. And the police drag him back in to the bishop's house. And We were going to show a clip, but I don't think we've got time this morning, so you're going to have to go home and watch the film because it's fantastic. But there is this moment where the bishop comes to him and he knows, the bishop knows, that if Jean Valjean is taken back to prison, that's it for him. That's it. That's the end for him. And so he looks at Jean Valjean and he says... My brother, you left so early, I didn't give a chance to give you my silver candlesticks. You left these as well. And he says to the police, no, no, these were a gift. This man didn't steal from me. These were a gift. And out of that, and and, and then he says to Jean Valjean, but you must see this as an opportunity because now your life is God's. And there's this wonderful story of transformation that comes from the grace at that moment that's shown to him. This grace that has the power to transform life. And you know that grace is only available because of the death that Jesus died for us. Now two things, let me just finish by saying. Today Jesus makes this offer that he made for that woman to everyone. He makes that offer available today. He says, you know, you, you may know sin weighing heavily on you. You may feel like you can't come to God because you are full of guilt. The hope of the cross is that that sin is dealt with, that God has forgiven you And he offers that you would come and receive that forgiveness. That's what he offers today. And you might go, how could he forgive me? Doesn't he know all that I've done? Doesn't he see the shame and the sin that weighs on me? And just like that woman, Jesus sees. He doesn't try to diminish it. He doesn't say, oh, you know, that's just who you are. He doesn't say that. He says, yeah, I, I see it. But that is dealt with at the cross. I've taken that punishment. And I, I just would encourage you and invite you this morning to come and receive that forgiveness if you haven't done that before. Or if you know you have and you need to do that again. Because he always offers us that. He wants to come into your life and, and say, it's time to... Leave your old life behind. Let me come on in and let me make a new life that is free of guilt. And the other thing I want to say this morning is that you see for the Pharisees, one of the most remarkably remarkable and puzzling things that Jesus did was that he intentionally did community with sinful people in a sinful world. I mean, they got his teaching. They got his miracles. You know, they kind of say, well, how could somebody who isn't from God do these things? And so they were scratching their heads when he went and ate with sinful people. And he, he did the opposite of what they'd been doing, which is they had been trying to cut themselves off from as much sin as possible. All that, all that temptation, all that stuff, they tried to stay as far away from because that's what they thought it took to please God. And yet here is God Himself coming and doing the opposite. Coming, immersing Himself in community and life. Let's not fool around, let's not pretend that Jesus sort of ran in and ran back out again. You know, just just blessed and then went back to the safety of nice clean community again. He went and ate. He went and touched and lived amongst people who were way down. And not necessarily very repentant of it with the sin that was in their lives. And, I, you know, I, we often go, oh, these Pharisees. But i, I got to say, I, there's something in me that does that. I find it hard to live in a world that seems to reject God. And, I, and it's easy to try and live in the Christian bubble and keep everything away from difficult conversations where people are rude or, or, or people are re- disrespectful to each other. It's easy to run away from life and, and community that doesn't honour God. And there's a challenge for us in the church, isn't there? Are we going to follow Jesus to where he would be? Are we going to follow Jesus into those friendships in our life that he would be in, in those conversations? Do we trust that the cross frees frees us from that, allows us to live in that freedom to be able to follow Jesus, that that sin is dealt with? We don't have to deal with it because he can deal with it. We just have to offer that hope to people. And do we have that compassion in our hearts? You know, twice this week I've heard stories of people who, who, who won't come to church because they're too ashamed because they're fearful that they'll walk into church—not just this one, but any church—and they'll look around and people—they'll have it all together, but they won't. They—they they know their sin, and they, they feel ashamed to be in church. And guys, that breaks my heart, and I think it, I think Jesus would break a heart for, for that. That we would say. This is a place where there is hope in the midst of sin, in the midst of addiction, in the midst of life, that seems hopeless. There is hope because we've received freedom. We've received guilt lifting up. I know that's that's your heart too. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that the Lord wants to do this morning is to Break our hearts with compassion for a sinful world so that we would follow Jesus into it. I'd love to, last week Bonnie began um, something that we wanted to do over these three weeks and that was to pray specifically into careers and, and stages and, and, and kind of activities in life, because not all of them necessarily look like a career, <clears throat> that we're all in. And one of the reasons we wanted to try and do that um, is because we want to acknowledge that God loves this world and he wants to use us to release his blessing and his freedom into it. And we want to specifically say, Lord, we know you're calling us, now bless us to go. Equip us to go. Give us all that we need into not just Sunday, but into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so on. So um, this morning, I'd like to invite a group of people. I'm going to read out a number of different jobs and and circumstances. And if this is you, we'd love to pray for you specifically this morning. Now, last week, uh, if you missed out having somebody come and, and lay hands on you or give you a word of some kind, please just stand this morning. It doesn't matter if you, didn't, if you, if you missed out. You can, if you don't meet one of these things, we want to pray for you anyway. And then next week we'll do another group. But uh, we, we want to bless and release every person into your calling to go into this world and to bring Jesus there. And in fact, meet him there because he's already there doing his work. right? So if... Um, This morning, we're going to pray for particularly people working in business, bankers, accountants, finance in general, drivers uh, in transport, in couriers, uh, shop workers, people working in restaurants, in retail, in, in catering, people who are lawyers, magistrates, civil... Uh, civil service, legal advice, that whole industry. We want to pray for people who are uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, folk who are involved in, in creating new ideas around op- opportunities for employment. I know many of you have, have been involved in that. Journalists, people in radio, TV, those who communicate through media, and people particularly in design, manufacture, and marketing. So I'm sorry I didn't arrange the, the slide this morning. That would have been helpful. If you're unsure, please just stand. Can I get you to stand up? Can I get you to stand up now if, that, if, if that's you or vaguely you? And, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray for you. And folk around you may want to just stretch out a hand. I want, I'd like to pray a blessing over you. And then, folk, I, I want to encourage you, if you're not standing, to come and just come, come and pray We'll take a few more minutes just to come and pray for each person who's standing. And if you've got any words or pictures, or you just want to speak a blessing over them, please do that. So let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful message of hope that you've given us. And we pray that you would place it in the heart of every single person standing here this morning that it would would burn in our hearts within a new intensity, a new fire, Lord, this gospel message of hope for a broken broken and hurting world. And Lord, specifically for these folk this morning, I pray that you would release creativity and inspiration into the workplace, into the the sphere of influence, that they would build up communities and help bring wisdom and truth into our society. That they would do that individually, and they would do that as they influence the companies and the organizations that they work for to do that. Lord, we pray that that, that you would give them favor where they are. That they would be Jesus' hands and feet as he is working and moving in their workplace. And Lord, we pray specifically for opportunities to pray for people and to share Jesus with those around them. So now, guys, let me encourage you to just stand and come and lay a hand on every person that's standing. Just look around and make sure everyone's just got a hand on them, please. That would be wonderful. Just keep looking around. A few more folk. A couple of folk over here that need... Just somebody standing with them, that would be wonderful. It's great. If you don't have somebody with a hand on your shoulder, if you're standing and you don't have somebody praying for you, please just put your hand in the air. We'd love to make sure we've got everyone. Great. So we ask for your equipping now. Let's just invite the Spirit just to come and bless what he's doing. You could just say more, Lord, equip them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's guy okay guys, now go to work. Just begin praying for them. Thank you, Lord.